0: Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Nathan Rivers, and today's episode is entitled, Have Faith. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on Instagram. The link to do so is available in the episode description. The Heart of Teaching proudly supports Mom Stop the Harm. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to The Heart of Teaching. I'm Dave Brzycki with my friend and my producer, Nathan Rivers, and thank you for joining us today. In this episode, I'm going to um, introduce you to a concept that I read about in a book called Coming Back Stronger by the legendary New Orleans Saints quarterback, Drew Brees. Now, he had a lot of adversity in his life. In order to move forward successfully, he adopted this concept. Now, I've heard about it before, but it was interesting to have his take on it. And he talks about the acronyms associated with the word faith and their importance in life. Now, I'm going to be talking about how I use this concept during my 2011 football season, but in reality, you don't need to be a football coach. This concept, you know, it can be used to teach any of your students about being successful in life, not just as an athlete, but more importantly, as a person. So here are what the acronyms stand for. The F in faith stands for fortitude, and that can be interpreted as the ability to uh, overcome obstacles, to bounce back, and and to move forward successfully in life. The A stands for attitude, and uh, you always have to have a positive attitude. You're looking for solutions. You also look for ways of helping other people and uh, helping other people along their journey. And you need to be focusing on what you can do, not what you can't do. The I stands for integrity, and that means basically you're a good person. You're a person of your word, and you're looking to help anyone else that uh, that has fallen down as well. You've got to fix what's broken, and you need to be a difference maker. Uh, T stands for trust, and uh, you've got to trust the people that have brought you along the way. Trust the people that have been um, mentors in your life, and allow others to trust you because of who you are and the content of your character and you also have to trust yourself to do the right thing and uh, the right thing is uh, not always a popular thing and the H that stands for humility and you're humble in victory and you're gracious in defeat and um, you do the right thing because it is the right thing to do not because of the recognition that goes along with it and uh, you need to be a class act and if you're an athlete on the field and uh, off the field now I wanted to incorporate this concept in, uh, in our team, and, and it was important to try and um, develop a culture around this, uh, this concept. Now, I had a, an incredible group in 2011 of athletes, just incredible. I also had an outstanding coaching staff. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a coach, you understand the importance of having men around you who are uh, committed to the kids and have the same value system as uh, as you do. And I, I was very blessed to have a group of men that were absolutely outstanding. Now, the athletes that I had, they were phenomenal, but there were four athletes that stood out for us. And they were probably some of the the best athletes I've ever coached in, in all the years of football. Uh, there was um, uh, Chase Malcolm, who was our quarterback. We had a running back uh, called Jalen Jana, who was just electric. Probably one of the best receivers I've ever coached, and his name was Malcolm Lee and uh, my all-time favorite leader and one of the most talented athletes I ever coached was a young man called Kevin Marshall and uh, Kevin actually um, didn't live very far from our house where I live and uh, I had the uh, good fortune to be able to drive him to school just about every day from grade 8 to grade 12 and uh, just have some great truck talks and I got a, a lot of information from him as well with regard to the team and coaching so all the team we met uh, in the summer, just before the season started and we talked about this concept. I actually tested the kids on it as well. I actually gave them a piece of paper and wanted them to write out after I would uh, told them what all of the acronyms mean and I wanted them to be able to describe and explain them. And so the season began and uh, it, was, it was quite successful. Again, coaches uh, often look good because they've got outstanding players. You know, I, I've always thought that coaches get too much, too much accolades when uh, the team wins. And uh, it's, it's the athletes that play the game. I mean, I haven't touched uh, football. I've been on a field in, you know, 43 years. And uh, the athletes certainly make the coaches look good. But I also think at times that, uh, you know, they get far too much uh, praise when, when we win. But we also get far too much criticism when we lose. But anyways, so the season was moving along and uh, we were doing extremely well. And I started realizing that what we needed to do is I needed to empty my bench as soon as possible. And, and what that means is we uh, we'd get up by two touchdowns on the opposition. And I've always thought that you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I needed to give the students who had less experience the opportunity to play. Not just because it was the right thing to do, but because I thought I might need them down the road should we get a, a series of injuries. And so what started to happen is uh, two scores coming up, I'd empty my bench and uh, make sure everyone got playing time. And I actually got some pushback from one of the coaches. And uh, he had said to me, he had asked me after practice, he had said that I was emptying the bench too soon and that uh, we we weren't learning how to finish off uh, the opposition. And I, I kind of took a deep breath. And I, you always value as a coach people's input. But ultimately, you, you've got to move forward in the direction that you think uh, the team needs to go. And I thanked him for that. And I said, um, it's, there's no point in giving kids playing time when we're about three touchdowns ahead or four touchdowns. You know, in football, they call it garbage time. I said, they need to be in the heat of the battle and, and know what that feels like because we may need them. Well, we disagreed. Didn't say anything past that point. But we continued on to do that. But the other thing that was important was the fact that when we were playing in these football games, I wanted the boys to understand that at no point should we ever run the score up on a team. Nothing can be learned by humiliating the opposition, especially in high school, not with young men. Now, my family would go to each one of our games, and uh, my mother has this bell, this cowbell, and she would always ring the bell whenever we would score touchdowns or we would have a successful play. And uh, this year, the word went out to my mom. I said, "When we get up by two scores, I said you can't ring the bell anymore. I said can't ring the bell. I said then it looks like we're, you know, almost trying to embarrass the other team. I said so the bell has got to stop." The other thing that I did was, um, and we hadn't lost a game. Uh, we had played four games when we were still uh, we were still victorious, and um, the celebrations were kept to a minimum on the field. Uh, I didn't want the, uh, the team embarrassing other players, in the opposition, and uh, the whole thing about humility as well. So the kids would congratulate one another, we'd give a cheer, we'd shake hands. Now, when they got on the bus, that was a different story. When we were driving away from the stadium, they could yell or they could scream and do whatever they wanted. Um, we had a couple of kids and a coach that started breakdancing on the bus. It was pretty funny. But when they got back into the school, in the locker room, cheering, obviously, that, that's a big thing but never on the field. And that was something that I felt was important. So once again, we started a win and um, we were uh, probably midway through the season and we ran into uh, a very strong opponent. And quite honestly, they, they should have beaten us. And there was like 40 seconds left in the game. And I think we were up by one single point And uh, their kicker missed a 12-yard field goal. And it capped the victory for us, but I think everyone on the team realized that uh, we were fortunate to to get away with that with the W on that one. So the next day, when we were driving to practice, Kevin uh, Marshall was with us, was with me in the truck, and we we're having some truck talk. And he said, "You know what, Coach? I think we need to be tougher." He goes, "You talk about overcoming obstacles, about fortitude." He goes, "I think we need to be tougher." And I said, okay, Kev, what do you think? He goes, we need to run more. He goes, we need, to, we need a bit more grit. So defensive practices were on Tuesday. And I said, well, do you want to amp it up on Tuesday? And we'll call it Tough Tuesday. And he said, coach, how about Tough Guy Tuesday? And I started laughing. I said, I like the sound of that. And so Tough Guy Tuesdays were born. And what would happen is the kids would run more. Um, they run between the drills as fast as they could. Um, they tackled more. They blocked more. And what I did is the last half an hour practice, I had the kids scrimmage each other and they went full out and some, again, some coaches questioned, you know, me doing that during a practice, but the boys thought it was important. I thought it was important to, to get in the heat of battle. But what I did is I, I'd get two flats of soda and I'd put it on the benches and I'd tell the boys, I'd say, you know what? I said, the soda's here for the team that ends up winning during this practice I said, the team that wins, they get their first choice of the soda. I said, you guys choose whatever soda you want. The team that comes in second place, you got to pick up the, uh, the remainder of it. And I know it sounds kind of harsh, but the reality is when you're on that football field and if you're playing in a championship game like we do in our province, when, you, uh, when you're not successful and you may not win that championship, you have to stay on that field, watch the other teams celebrate while they receive the trophies. And uh, you're given the consolation trophy, which is, which is an honor. But I'm telling you, after a long season and working hard, you're not playing for the consolation trophy. You're playing for the real one. So I put that out there. And as far as the consolation trophy goes, I know what that feels like as a, as a head coach with a, a bunch of young men. And up to that point, I'd been in five. Well, we had been in five British Columbia Championships. And uh, we had been unsuccessful in five. And let me tell you, that's, uh, that's a difficult thing, picking up the young men off the field when they're in tears after a long season and coming up short. You say all the right things, but you know it's hurting them. So uh, I, uh, I wanted to try and do the, the pop thing is motivation and have them understand what, uh, what was at stake. Well, as the season progressed, we were undefeated in the regular season and um, we headed into the playoffs and uh, we breezed through the quarterfinal game. But I'll tell you, in the the semi-final game, we ended up playing a team that that was absolutely outstanding. And it started to snow. And they were a big, strong football team. And um, in that kind of weather, we were a fast team. It was difficult to to throw the ball. And they had a running back that was was like a man playing against boys. But we were able to to stop. And I remember at halftime pulling the boys in and telling them, You know, this is why we had Tough Guy Tuesday. This is why we practiced as hard as we did. And uh, it would come down to the boys playing way above their their capabilities at times. And you know, at halftime, one of the boys looked at me, he he goes, Mr. Ruzicki, and I said, yep. He goes, you know what, he goes, these boys aren't gonna take our soda. And I said, I'm sorry? I go, what? He goes, the pop. He goes, you know how you get second place and you gotta choose the sodas? And I go, yeah, he goes. We want first crack at the sodas. We're going to win this game. Started laughing, and uh, the truth is, uh, we were able to uh, beat that team successfully and head into the final. But it came at a, a cost. Well, the next day when I arrived at school, I was uh, I was excited. There was a real buzz um, with all of the uh, with all the student body and especially the players because the following Saturday was championship. And uh, everyone was excited. We were going to get a a school bus down there with all the students. We had all the support systems in place. Like It was just going to be an incredible week. And as I was walking down the hallway, the principal asked me to come into the office. And uh, I thought he was going to congratulate me again. He had been at the game. But I thought he was going to talk to me about strategy or or something. And he asked me to sit down. And I could tell by by the tone something wasn't right. And I said to him, I said, this isn't a good conversation, is it? And he goes, no, Dave. He goes, uh, one of your boys, and he was, it was a starter. He goes, uh, one of your boys is going to be uh, leaving the school uh, on Monday. And uh, it's because of personal reasons. And his parents and I have spoken earlier today. And uh, it's probably what's best for him. And he's, uh, he's been facing a lot of demons and uh, no one's been aware of it. But the circumstances are such that he needs to go and he needs to get some support, Dave. And this is far more important than a football game. Well, I'll tell you, it was like a gut punch. And one of the boys that I'd been working with for, you know, the entire season had uh, had these challenges. And, and I was never aware of it. The other boys on the team were never aware of it. And uh, immediately, you know, you're saying, hey, can I do something? What can I? And he goes, you just have to leave this at this point. He goes, if you're there to support him along the road, he goes, that'd be awesome. He said, but I I need you to understand how important this is and that uh, he will not be available to you on on the game day. Well, you can imagine it's a week before the game. Uh, A team member who's made a huge impact with all of us and just a great kid is no longer going to be with us because of personal issues. And so I'm gathering all of these boys in a room and they're all excited and I have to tell them this news. And you you could have heard a pin drop. And of course, everyone uh, everyone wants answers. And I'm not able to provide them because it's privileged information. But I said to them, I said, we started the year with that concept of faith. Now, you've got to believe me on this. You have to trust me. You've got to believe that this is in his best interest. And the challenges he has are far more important than playing in a football game. And he needs to overcome some of these obstacles. I said, I'll be there to support him, give him that opportunity. And you will be as well. But this is something that needs to be put in place for him. Well, somber mood. Um, Again, students wanted answers. The players wanted answers. And I wasn't able to give them all of the answers. But I told them that we needed to move forward and we had to get ready for that football game the following week. And again, it was difficult. We actually, we actually didn't practice on the Saturday and the Sunday. I gave them two days off. I just needed them to have some distance from the program, collect their thoughts, and be able to come back to, uh, back to school on Monday with, a, with an attitude where we were always going to support our teammate. But we also needed to move forward because we had a championship game. And they got that. It was difficult for them to understand. But everyone knew that something had occurred. And I would never, ever put one of our players in a position not to be successful. And if I believed that he needed to be removed, then it it was the right thing. So I did get the support from the players. But I'll be honest with you, that Monday's practice, it was a good practice. But it uh, wasn't a great practice. There wasn't a really good vibe to it. But as the weeks progressed, excuse me, as the week progressed, the practices got better. By the, uh, the Friday, uh, the day before the game, we were flying around and uh, the, kids, uh, the kids were ready to roll. And it's amazing how quickly that week of uh, practice went. Well, the day of the game, everyone showed up to school and we we're getting changed. And one of the mothers, because the game was to be played at about one o'clock and we had to get there two or three hours earlier to the stadium. Well, one of the mothers brought some protein drinks in for uh, for all the boys to drink, and uh, several several of them uh, drank the uh, the shakes, and, and some of them didn't. But uh, it was it was a really a generous uh, generous thing that she had done, and it was in best interest of the kids. And um, we got on the bus, and once again, when they got on the bus, there the silence was deafening, and that was because the kids were focused and they were dialed in. And the team that we were playing in the championship, they were massive. They have may have been the largest football team I have ever had a group play against. And they weren't only just big, but they were talented and they were good. And this is going to be a real challenge for us. Well, you know, as the game progressed, we started out really well. And we were up by two scores and then it happened. And it was like, what in heaven's name? the boys started going down one at a time. And I'm sure the opposition thought we were trying to delay the game at any one point. But the reality is all of the kids started suffering these massive cramps. And it was unbelievable. And I thought, what the heck? And the only thing we can associate with is the protein drink that was given to the kids. And it it was terrible. Like the, the kids were just dropping. But having said that, I remember The beginning of the season, we gave all of those boys who had less experience, those uh, those moments, those crucial moments in the games. And so they had been battle-tested. And once again, you are only as strong as your weakest link. And those boys were now pressed into action. And I'm telling you, if there could be a story written or a movie made... And those kids came across like they were world beaters. They played way above their skill level. And these are all the second-tier players. And they filled in, and they played, and they held their own against a team that was like twice their size. So eventually some starters made their way in, but it was a patchwork team. We, had, we actually had receivers, wide receivers, no kidding, playing offensive lines. And I just could not believe how hard these boys played and how much grit they showed. So it was, uh, there's probably about two minutes left in the game and uh, the other team had clawed back within a touchdown and uh, it was fourth and six and uh, they were on their own 45-yard line and their coach called a timeout. And uh, I walked across the field and uh, again, one score, uh, the other team was one score down and they were pushing and I guess all the kids are waiting for these incredible words of wisdom. And I smiled and, and uh, one of the coaches, one of the, coaches, one of the, the players looked at me and he goes, so Mr. R, what are we going to do? And I said, well, if you stop them here, you win. And uh, it's as simple as that. And I just sort of paused. <laughs> and I remember one of the boys going, coach, is there anything else? Like, what do you think they're going to do? I said, well, if I was their coach, I'd probably try and throw. And maybe I'd uh, try and throw down the middle. So maybe you want to watch your drops. But you know what? I'm only guessing you guys play the game. I said, you've gotten this far. I said, "Uh, let's see, uh, let's see how this plays out. And I turned around and started walking back and just as I uh, had left this huddle, I said, oh, hey guys, they're all looking at me and I said, regardless of what happens, win or lose, you have to understand how proud I am of what you guys have accomplished this season. And I walked back to uh, the sidelines one of my coaches, so what did you tell him?" I said, I said, I didn't know what was happening. I think you're going to throw and he goes, is that it? And I said, that's it. It's their game. Well, you know what? You would have thought I was Yoda because my best guess actually happened. That team, the opposition, threw the ball right down the middle, and uh, one of our best players, Jordan McKenzie, he leaped out of nowhere, picked the ball off, and uh, ran it about twenty yards to the sideline, and uh, we were able to uh, we were able to kill the clock, and uh, yes, we were able to win that game. Now, when that final gun went off and uh, we, uh, we stormed the field, I just sat back and I wanted to enjoy the seconds because I'd been on the other side of the field when we were not successful. And I just wanted to watch the kids celebrate. And I couldn't have been prouder of these boys, their accomplishments, and the coaching staff and how hard the men that I had worked with, um, how hard they had coached and, and put in the time and been mentors to these boys. And then I started walking towards the sidelines and I was trying to find my family. And I could hear my mom ringing this bell. And uh, there was my mom ringing the bell and cheering. Uh, Janet had her hands together like she was praying and she was tearing up. And my dad was actually still sitting in the, uh, the chair smiling. But I think he was kind of embarrassed because uh, my mom was uh, ringing this bell so well and, and bringing a, a lot of attention to, uh, to herself and all of the fans as well. Now, at the end of that season, we all received championship rings. And on the inside of each one of these rings, all of the boys wanted the word faith inscribed into it. And, you know, that, that season was bittersweet. We had, we had won the championship, but uh, we had also lost one of, uh, one of our teammates. And we had hoped and uh, we had prayed that, uh, you know, he'd be in a better place with some support. Now, the boys, they learned a lot that season. And uh, they learned that sport actually mirrored life they learned a ton about football they learned a ton about relationships and of course they learned a lot about faith this is Dave Rizicki with Nathan Rivers this has been the heart of teaching please take care be well and as always peace feeling my way through the darkness guided by a beaten heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start They tell me I